Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. How is it going? Fantastic. How are you? I'm great, uh, mainly because I hit record this time on the video. So we're going to have a video podcast this time. Uh, great. Awesome. A vlogcast. Right. Vlog? Yeah. Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, last week, I'm sorry. I totally, we didn't hit, I didn't hit record on the video. But thankfully, we always have a backup audio for, for the podcast. So it worked out. Really fun topic last week. Multiverse went deep, went went crazy. It was a lot of fun editing. And I was just like, gosh, this is wild. We're, we're grounding it this time, though. Uh, mystery, you know, we pick a topic every week from anything to multiverses to uh, Hansel and Gretel, as we, we talked about. Um, this is what the topic is going to be for today. You, you can't go any easier than Hansel and Gretel, right? That's that's like, this is baby steps. It's fairy tales Myth 101. 101. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I double checked before we started. We have talked about, this kind of stems from the Brothers Grimm. And we did talk about the Brothers Grimm before in a Rumpelstiltskin episode. Uh, episode <laughs> and uh it was good i remember that episode being fun and we talked about the brothers grim there so uh, check that out if you want a little bit more of the content from them and i'll bring up a couple things from that but hansel and gretel is a pretty interesting story in its own and has its own evolution but cammy uh, as always will start with a story and then i will lead a little discussion afterwards so cammy take it away yeah absolutely so i used I'd use the Brothers Grimm, Hansel and Gretel and other stories by the Brothers Grimm. Deep in the forest of Bavaria, when famine struck the land, a woodcutter and his wife worried over their last loaf of bread. How will we feed ourselves, much less our two children? His voice breaking as he spoke. His wife replied, we must leave them in the woods and free ourselves of our burden. The two raised their voices and argued for hours about what they should do. They became so loud that the children woke and snuck downstairs to see what was happening. They overheard their father agree to leave the two in the woods the next day. Hansel waited until his parents fell asleep and snuck out in the moonlight, gathering the shiniest pebbles in his coat and hurried back to bed. The next day, just as the parents had discussed, the four left for the woods. Hansel walked a bit behind Gretel and his parents, carefully placing his moonstones to mark the path back. After they had gone to the deepest, thickest part of the forest, the adults left the children to rest while they chopped wood. Little did the children know that the thudding sound of the axe that lulled them to sleep was actually a log tied to a branch to fool them. When they woke, it was completely dark. By the moonlight on the stones, they found their way home. Their father was relieved to find his children and began to cry, but their stepmother was livid. Nevertheless, the four seemed to live happily until another famine struck the land. Again, the parents fought about what to do with the children, for they had only half a loaf of bread left. They decided again to leave them in the woods. The children overheard, but Hansel was unable to find any moonstones that night. His stepmother gave them both bread for breakfast, and he pocketed his. And as they made their way into the forest, he left crumbs to find his way home. Unfortunately, when the children went to follow the crumbs, they realized the birds had eaten all of them, so they were left to wander all night. But by the morning, they had come upon a candy house with, ginger, with a gingerbread roof and sugar-paned glass for windows. 
They could not believe their luck and began to eat. The old woman who lived in the house soon approached them, for she was away at the river fetching water for her chores. Seeing the children, she welcomed them in and cooked them pancakes and served them milk. She then put them to bed so that they might rest. The children agreed, not realizing that she had the red eyes of a witch. As they slept, she scooped up Hansel and put him in a cage so that she might fatten him up and eat him. By that night, the witch cooked a glorious feast, but only gave Gretel a crab claw from it. And each morning, after Hansel had his breakfast, she would have him stick out his finger. But witches' eyes are very poor, though their sense of smell is like that of a dog. So Hansel was able to fool her each morning by sticking out a bone from his supper. No matter how much she fed him, the boy would not fatten, so she decided she would eat both children now that she had been feeding them for months. She started a great pot on her stove and a great fire in her oven. She told Gretel that she must climb in the oven to make sure it was hot enough for bread to bake. But Gretel knew that she was going to be part of the meal, so she protested, saying she didn't understand the directions. She begged the witch to show her. So the old woman climbed deep into the back of the oven, and just as she started to turn to climb out, Gretel closed the door and locked it, burning the woman inside. Then she freed her brother and went through the witch's house, gathering all the precious metals and jewels the old woman possessed. After wandering for a whole night and day, they came upon a bit of wood they knew well, and they found their way back home. When they arrived, they found that their stepmother had died of starvation, but their father was alive. So, she, so they shared their treasure with them, and the three never went hungry again. I I hate how this story <laughs> paints all the women as like the villains, and the the smart boy taking it in, and the sorry right. the dad he just <laughs> wants to love, cut German wood. Yeah, and, and you know it wasn't like that initially. Did you know in the first edition it was just their mom, their real mom? Yeah. So yeah, um, this story says stepmom about halfway through and i so i read the line of the story here i can i'm assuming it is i'm just gonna check the date really fast so i'm not like doing anything crazy oh look i I don't know sure basically it says that so I'll, i'll like paraphrase here it says that the their mother yeah let's see she wants to be freed of them. That's what she... <laughs> right. I started maniacally laughing when I heard that. <laughs> well, and you know, you had sent me an article, and, and when you Google, what's the origin of Hansel and Gretel? You'll get a, a hundred people's blogs where they talk about this, and it comes to these ideas um, that a few scholars of folklore and literature have sort of discovered that the story, while the Brothers Grimm you know, gave the story to, as we kind of know it, the origins kind of go further back. In fact, um, uh, Wilhelm um, Grimm uh, notes in the first edition that he got the story from his wife, Henriette. So it was it was her story told to them to include here, and it was like a well-known German story. That was, you know, what they wanted to have uh, in their, their first um Brothers Grimm story. Uh, this was 1812, the first one that they published, the collaboration. But the story goes back further, and they believe that it's specifically connected to the Great Famine of 1315 to 1317. So there was a lot. I mean, the, the medieval Middle Ages were pretty rough. I mean, they're called the Dark Ages for a reason. And this famine, though, was particularly bad. 
and was particularly bad for like continental Europe. And like it kind of the article on Wikipedia article notes that England was one of the more prosperous nations at the time, um, but still was affected. Um, but this was rough. Uh, 80% of cattle um, and sheep uh, fell. Um, and uh, whatever food wasn't failing, whatever crops didn't fail, the price of them skyrocketed. So it was uh, incredibly rough. And it's, um, it's not like a, a scientist in the early 20th century kind of said that it was a little ice age that caused it. This had to do with like glaciers melting, um, causing irregular rainfall um, and ocean levels and things like that. Um, it also preceded a, a hundred, a couple hundred years of just mega growth in Europe from the 11th or the 12th century. So I think it was, you know, kind of an equalizer of like prosperity for 200 years. It, the world kind of leveled out. So it was extremely uh, interesting how well it did, but it, it affected all of Northern Europe, Scandinavia, uh, some Baltic states. I mean, it was it was huge, really, really big. And there were writings and depictions of this famine like many others but this one um it was people would say that uh mothers ate their children was like um what one scholar wrote from the time um and and for years to come they would talk about these famines because these were extremely impactful for some people and and there were apparent sources of infanticide you know if you can't feed your kids you get rid of them um if you or you or you eat them that's one way to cure yours and have one less belly to feed and stuff like that. It's tough to say how true these sources are if these are just, uh, you know, like a priest who's kind of mucking it up the words to make it sound a little like um, to help kind of bring the ambiance of it and, and things like that. But it, we do know that this happened and these stories were around for, for some time after. There's one really one variant that we think um, it comes from a Romanian story called the little boy and the wicked stepmother. I couldn't find an, a, a time of when this was made, but it's, it's very, very similar. Uh, it, it's about a boy uh, and uh, two children who are abandoned and the stepmother kills the boy, forces the sister to prepare the boy's body for the meal. The sister buries his heart in a tree and he's able to like come back to life as a bird. And he's like, I'm dead, but I'm actually a bird, so I'm safe. Yay! And like, it's it's really weird, but it's 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 kind of similar in a way. And in this one, though, it seems like it's the stepmother. The, the earliest source I could find of it was in 1915. Like, uh, it was like a translation of it, though, so it could it could be earlier. And that's when we talked about Rumpelstiltskin. One thing we re- saw was that some some scholars believe that the story's older as as 4,000 years old or older. Uh, it, it, that one's a little different. It's that deal with the devil thing. We'd go a little bit more into that, but Hansel and Gretel's version, it, it, um, you know, what what the brothers Grimm wanted to do when their book, with their collaboration, was they were kind of writing the 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 wave of romanticism that was taking over. Um, in France, there was like a scholar, uh, a collab- like fairy tale collection. Um, and in some cases, the fairy tales were made up, but they were supposed to or they were unoriginal is what I should say. Um, but this, the, the collection, the idea was to like, this is pure, you know, French, this is French identity. This is a, a nationalism. You know, we're getting into, you know, off the heels of American revolution, national identity is more important than ever. And that's what the brothers Grimm were kind of going through. In fact, I didn't, I didn't mention this last time, but there was um, parts of Germany were occupied by France. So some scholars believe that this was sort of like a, Hey, you know, 
our nation state, nation states change all the time. We might be speaking French in 10 years. So I'm going to make this collaboration of purely German stories and we're going to talk about them and, and, and keep them. So that was what they wanted to do. And it was really cool too. I, I found some more information that I didn't find last time. Um, these guys traveled a lot. They listened to a lot of storytellers and they wanted to keep the oral tradition because they specifically believed like these guys were really smart. They went to college. Um, they were like uh, cultural link. They, they believed that language was culture and like grammar um, was culture. So they they wanted to keep that. They were philologists. That's the word. They were study. They studied language and oral and written historical sources. Um, so they were incredibly smart. But they were really interested in natural poetry instead of artistic poetry. A lot like that French guy. He created fairy tales because he kind of believed this would be a good one, and it was. But it was it was inorganic. It was inauthentic to the culture of of France, medieval France, uh, France and, and Europe. So. That was a big thing for them, and and you know what could be more great than a story that his wife's like, oh yeah, you didn't know about Hansel and Gretel, so and that's you know Hansel and Gretel, those are the most like Germanic sounding names that you can think of, other than like Wilhelm, but yeah, so uh, there's some really cool like motifs though that help kind of point that it's even older. Um, one big thing, and I think you mentioned this too, um, Ariadne giving Theseus the yarn to help him get through the labyrinth. That's episode one of uh, this show. Um, we know talking about it, the the breadcrumbs thing. So, you know, these ideas, these stories are told over time. They're going to borrow from one another. You can imagine you're sitting in a fire in the 12th century and you're talking about this stuff, you know. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. But like I said, the, the Hansel and Gretel was first published, as we know it, in 1812 in the First Brothers Grimm um, collaboration book. We, we believe that there's connection to the Great Famine. That would kind of make sense just because we have some direct sources. And I imagine these guys, these historians, um, Hansel, uh, or, um, the Brothers Grimm, they, w- they might be aware of that. Um, I'm not sure. It- it's tough to say. I'm, 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 you know, they, they kind of cleaned up the stories in a way. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. It, it, you know, we don't have any original manuscripts. Um, we don't know what the story would have looked like because it was oral history. So even though their goal was to preserve that oral history, you're almost like destroying it the minute you write it down. And to and they to prove it, I mean, I think it was the second edition they changed it to stepmother. So already with the additions, and they they um, they were, I read they had published themselves. I think five editions before. They had died, and then um, one of the eldest sons took over, and he continued to publish a couple editions. I I wonder if that was, like, a bit of propaganda in itself, like, changing it to stepmother, because women can't want to kill their own children. You know, I, I... this is like something that was posited in some of the articles. So like I, um, I, a lot of websites, some, some great, some not so great. Um, history of yesterday, sci-fi, um, dot com, S Y F Y, um, Wikipedia, of course, all that's interesting.com was a great article and science smith.edu, um, were some of the sources that I had. This is, it's a, it's an easy topic that a lot of people talk about, and it's funny because they end up kind of just quoting themselves um, in a lot of way or, like, using each other as references. There's a little circle. But one thing that they kind of think about is that and, – and for the Brothers Grimm in general, um, the original stories are, are really scary. And I remember, like, you are, are kind of terrifying and unkid-friendly, and they they think that they started to clean them up a little bit as we got deeper into the 19th century kids wanted these stories i mean you know anyone I mean, reading these were great stories they were 
it, it was good. I, I, I found out even um, at one point during the Nazi regime, they actually, like, I don't know how successful they were with this, but they, they declared everyone should own a copy of the Brothers Grimm story collaboration, the, the like the latest edition. Shortly after, during the Allied occupation after World War II, they actually banned it for a little bit just to kind of, because it was, it was a nationalist thing. And it was. Sure, it, yeah. it was what the Brothers Grimm wanted. They wanted it to be the essence of German identity in a lot of ways or, or culture. And it got, it just went a little too far um, for these guys. So I think that it, it I think it was a capitalist thing, really. I think they they tried to make it more palatable. The the I think it was Wikipedia that mentions that the eldest son took over and he continued to. And Wikipedia uses the word to to publish expensive editions. They 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 totally weren't you know shirking on making money off of this. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I would I and and to look through and see the editions change um, year after year. Um, cause like they, I mean, they published one like uh, about every 10 years, it looks like through the uh, 19th century. So, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, yeah, but have you gotten the gold binded one? Or... I know. Yeah. <laughs> the holographic one, you know, and limited edition, uh, here's a pop-up book, pre-order it. Yeah. And you get, uh, I don't know, cabbage, DLC um, from, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, breadcrumbs I know. Whatever. Yeah. So that's that's basically it. It, it. This one's a pretty cool one. It's it's really straightforward. Uh, it it stems from medieval hardship, like many of these stories. This one just a little bit more recent. Rumpelstiltskin. We kind of see it. it it's a very um, timeless kind of story. Um, this one's a little sooner uh, in as far as things go. Um, I, I mentioned Ariadne and Theseus in the Minoan Labyrinth. There's also Wikipedia mentions um, a house made of confectionery can be found in the 14th century manuscript of the Land of Cocaine, um, which is a, a medieval myth. Or it's a land of plenty in a medieval myth. But they, they talk about a, a, a house made of food. So that's something that comes a, a couple years before this was collected by the Brothers Grimm. Um, so at, right around the time of the the uh, famine as well so that I mean you could think about during a famine um, wanting a house made of food <laughs> like how, how important that would be and, and if you are if you're dealing with a famine you're, you're telling your family a story at night when it's cold and you guys are starving and you're just trying to survive and you, you tell your kids like oh yeah there was a house of food but they got killed in it and they're like oh I don't want to eat I don't want to eat <laughs> you're right you don't want to so um, well you can't so. yeah so yeah, there, it, it's really cool uh, to see that, and I, I was happy to go back to the Brothers Grimm and see them because how careful they were with this. It's it's really interesting, um, and then it's also fun to see images of that movie that came out with Matt Damon. When was it Heath Ledger in it too? Do you remember that movie? A Knight's Tale. No, no, no. The Brothers Grimm movie where like they, they were them. Oh, no. Um, oh wait, maybe I might have seen that on a plane. Actually, that, you I know think how that's they the have those way I would. the dumbest movies on planes. Yeah, the Brothers Grimm movie came out in two thousand five. No, yeah, it was Heath Ledger and Matt Damon two thousand five. Uh, I'm I'm like seeing he I think I'm seeing Heath Ledger's face as the brothers. I don't even know honestly. It's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I I, I kind of that was what almost twenty years ago, seventeen years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, jeez. Yeah, you know it, it. It's wild. I I don't know if it was good. Um, it's interesting though. It's, it says that in French occupied Germany during the 19th century, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they uh, counter a genuine fa- fairy tale curse 
which requires real courage. Yeah, so that's interesting. And then pretty recently, though, for our topic, there was the uh, Hansel and Gretel movie with um, Jeremy Renner and Emma. Oh, what's See, her I name? may have seen that one on a plane. Yeah, Hansel I don't and Gretel one of those Witch I saw Hunters on a plane. with Gemma Arterton and Jeremy Renner. And that looks horrible, too. Cool. That's it. it. I mean, it's so funny how these guys have been doing this. It reminds me of they did, they did the Robin Hood one, too, where they made it all like badass and leather. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? We've done a Robin Hood. Did episode. you see, though, the Robin Hood that was like not fantastical at all? It was just like, oh, uh, uh, like British occupied or, or um, Roman occupied Britain. I don't know if I've seen that, that one was really good. It was um Kira Knightley. Oh, I'm aware of that one. Wait, no, that she that wasn't um Robin Hood. That was uh, Arthur. She, was it Arthur? Yeah, with Clive Owen, I believe. Oh, maybe it was But there Arthur. there was the one with um Ke- oh man, he played Bat was it Keaton? Um and and um the voice of God. Uh oh, Robin I don't... Hood Prince of Thieves, nineteen ninety one. With Kevin Costner and Alan Rickman. That one, okay, so I think I tried to watch that one recently and it did not age well. I liked it when I was a kid and I I can imagine I think it I liked it when I was well. a kid too. Um, I wonder how that would have been, yeah. But uh, I can tell you with certainty, even though I have not seen Hansel and Gretel, the 2013 action horror film, I'm sure it's not good. I'm just, I'm positive it's not good. There's no way it could be good. And that's sad because I like Gem Arden and Jeremy Renner a lot. That's oh, it. you know I'm confused because Kira Knightley was in a movie where mm-hmm. she played Robin Hood. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Princess of Thieves. So that's why I'm confused about the two movies. Which also came out in 2001, right when Kevin Costner was in, look at that, North American DVD release picture. Look at her. Jeez. Wow. That's wild. So there's tons of movies on these that you can watch <laughs> if you want. Um Apparently, the Brothers Grimm weren't the only ones that milked this topic. So, oh boy. Well, Cammy, I'm glad we kind of went back to some OG myth here. Um, this was a lot of fun. I, I think that's about all I've got as far as my discussion. Um, I would really recommend uh, looking up, because it's on um, Project Gutenberg, I believe. You can see like the Brothers Grimm's works. Um, in, in each of the um, volumes. So like the one where it's the mom, they change. It's really cool to see how they change it. They, they change these little things and I, it's, it's marketability. That's the only thing I can really think of is that they want to make it more marketable um, to sell uh, either way. I mean, but it's still cool and we have them preserved. And that's the important part. Um, so Cami, thank you for, for bringing up this topic uh, and everyone. Thanks for, for joining us. I, th- I think that's all I've got. Did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? No, that's it. Awesome. Well, we've got some more fun topics coming soon. Some OG myth stuff. Um, I'm really excited. And also Halloween is right around the corner. October is right around the corner, which we're going to try and hit, I think, one episode a week for the first time since we started mm-hmm. recording since this summer. Um, Artemis is happy about that. She's poking out the window. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for October. Where we're going to have some fun Halloween-themed horror myth But until then, September will be fun filled with this kind of stuff. So, all right, everyone. If you have anything, uh, mystery with an IE at gmail.com, Facebook group, Twitter, MySpace, Instagram, LinkedIn, right? TikTok. TikTok, no. (laughs) They're going to expect that. No, we're not. I mean, I literally have a TikTok. that's true. But it's okay. All right. (laughs) No, I haven't done anything on it, though. Well, uh, message Cammy on TikTok to dance, myth dances. And Mm -hmm. we'll go from there. How's that sound? 
All right, everyone. We'll, we will see you next time. Oh. Oh.